So was that was that right when the bubble was happening? No, that was uh, yeah. That, well, it was, it was around, around there, 2000, but it 2001. But it wasn't due to the bubble. But that was like a very tough time for you. And was that the time? I don't know if uh, you know my sister, your wife, was that the time you were cutting cable bills and cutting everything at home and. You know, uh, we got we went down to basic cable. At the time, you could get just the local stations from the cable company for something like nine dollars a month, and so we went all the way down to that because, <laughs> oh, you know, at the time then, I think that was still dial-up internet. So when I was doing anything on the internet at home, I had to dial in right on my phone. So I had to keep the phone lines on. I had to have a phone line on as well. But you had cable at nine bucks. Then you fast forward. So that's what two thousand and one, and you fast forward. And can you tell us? Kind of quickly, the story right before you got acquired, because that two years, yeah, I thought was absolutely just blew my mind. Going, dude, how did you ever survive this? Yeah, so it, actually, things were looking pr- pretty good after the two thousand one recession got over, and and uh, we got all paid, and that new company was in charge, uh, and our business started picking up. Yeah, and we started, we grew pretty rapidly. Gosh, I can't remember how many people. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but like in 2001, when we came out of that, it was probably, you know, 25 employees, maybe 30, somewhere in there. We grew up until 2007. We were at 65 employees. We were really cranking. You go from one, you started the first year, two years, whatever, to 65. 65. And that was over what, 20? That was over 22 years. 22 years. So, uh, So here we are. We're rolling into 2006, 2007. Things are cranking. And, uh, you know, we're coming up on the 2007, 2008 Great Recession. Right. But we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> of and, course you didn't. And, and we were and we were cranking and we and we were we were the top pr- partner provider to this guy, to this company's primary software line. So we, we were the guys. So they have the primary software that they put in, which yeah. covers most of it. And then you have all the bolt-ons. We right? have all the bolt-ons and we're doing all and we're experts in the in the service management area. Yeah, we probably got two dozen bolt-ons we've written. So. Every new deal, every new customer that that buys from them puts probably four of at least four of our bolt-on products on there. So we we we're at the point now where we're global. We're in 29 countries. My job as a products guy is to go around and train everybody how to position and sell our products, and we're just killing it. I I just I had a great time. I would go around the world to different sales meetings, tell these guys how to sell our products, come back, and at the end of each month, they'd send us a royalty report and say, "Here's how much of your stuff we sold." Dude, that's awesome. It was it's great. Like, here's how much money we owe you. And I think you you told me at one point in time, and I don't know if you can say the number, but you know when Terry comes into you and says, uh, "Tony, I got, think got our report." Got a report. Yeah. So, uh, well, the fun fun part, yeah, the little story there is we had this big brass bell we hung out. And so whenever we'd sell a new deal of our own, not one of our bolt-ons, they, you know, whoever the sales guy would get a bang and you get to go ring it, you know. And so everybody in the office would hear it ring bell. and they go, oh, this is awesome. So we decided- <laughs> We're getting paid this weekend. <laughs> but but that didn't tell you how big a deal it was. Like our guy could have sold, a, you know, like a little bolt-on product could have been $2,000, or we could have sold a brand new ERP system. Like our biggest one that we sold was probably 450000 So two to 450000 Right. And so <laughs> like, you know, you get one ding for, for a $100,000 deal, one ding for a $2,500. It didn't seem fair. So we came up with a new rule is that <laughs> bing, 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 every $10,000 of deal, you got to you hit it once. So when they'd hear the bell go ding, everybody'd stop and they'd start counting. One, Two. Two. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so we get like, they'd stop at seven, $70,000 deal. And they go, you know, and these things, we didn't close them very often. Right. And, but the cool thing was, is almost everything was going through the royalty system now because this company was selling our software. Right. So once a month, we get the royalty report and nobody rang a bell for it because 
there was no salesperson associated with it. So I made Terry, my right-hand gal. She's been there. She's still there today. She's awesome. Love her. Love yeah. her. So we said, Terry, you have to ring the bell. So Royalty <laughs> Report would come in. I would tell you not only the new sales that you had, but right. all the renewal uh, maintenance contracts would come in. And so it'd be a two numbers and you'd add them up. And so, you know, a lot of the royalty reports at the time would be fifty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000, you know? So royalty report would come in, she'd go, ding, ding. And then, you know, everybody was like, what was that? And it's like, she denounced a royalty report. <laughs> royalty report. And then, but they start counting, around. right? And then, and here we are, we're coming up on uh, 2007 and uh, this company comes and approaches us, says, we'd like to acquire you guys. You guys were paying you a lot in the royalty stuff. You've got this huge consulting practice, huge programming practice. You got all this recurring revenue. We just want to buy it. We're like, cool. So we went into talks with them and we were doing some negotiations. I had never been acquired before. So I was trying to learn as we went along. This sounds like your first <laughs> job first. that you did. How much do you want? Yeah. How much, how much is it? A, fifth, a thousand. No, you could probably go higher. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> so, so you're learning. So everybody thinks, oh, you automatically know because you're a great businessman. But every time you step into a new situation, it's like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yeah, so there's these things like an LOI. LOI, letter of intent. Letter of intent. And they they always say they're non-binding. Well, there's a couple things that are binding, like, you know, we're not going to tell anybody about it, but non-binding means they're just going to, it's open for renegotiation on everything, right? There's no commitment. But they always tell you what the amount is, and you right. negotiate that a little bit up front, but it's still kind of non-binding, you know, based on due diligence. We'll get you close to there, but if we find something bad, we're going to knock it yeah, down. Yeah. Right. Or... And, then, and, then they, and then they have a department. They do nothing but acquisitions. Yeah, they got a team of people. What's that? M&A. 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 Mergers and Acquisitions Department. Kobe's awake. Good. Kobe's <laughs> I'm here. Kobe's yeah. been through this conversation. <laughs> yes, he has. We're and then all they do is they look at the due diligence and come up with ways. To, and I know I'm being a little bit flippant here, but you are. they're I like, uh, oh, well, we need to knock it down a little bit here. Oh, we didn't know that you were spending this kind of money over here. Okay, that we're going to have to spend twice as much, so that's not worth as much. And, oh, wait, we're going to need more working capital over here, so we're going to take some... And next thing you know, they just start chipping away at it because you've already, as a as a as a founder, you've fallen in love with the number they gave you at first. And if they just chip it down by five percent, you can talk yourself into taking ninety five percent of that number. You like that number ninety five? That's not that bad. Yeah, I'll keep it. What was the percentage they knocked you down? Uh, they went down ten percent after the little Nixon cuts. Cuts, yeah. What is it called? Uh, death by a thousand cuts. Kind yeah. Of oh. So and you know what? And ten percent. Uh, I'm not. I don't know what you actually made on it, but. You got to think seven figures. So ten percent, if you're multiple seven figures, that starts to get to be a big it's, number. It's a big number, and 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 at the time they were reducing, it, but and we were a little disappointed, but we were still excited to be acquired and become part of the team. And the, and and the sixty five, mostly most of the sixty five would become part of their team and continue. Oh, to, great! Yeah. So it was going to be a good. Well, we we didn't realize that the. Recession. The recession was coming, and uh, they kept delaying the closing. Well, we got. I got to have you meet with this one person. We need this one final term. You know, we had this. The the agreement, the purchase agreement, was done, but they kept needing one more meeting, and they kept delaying it three weeks. And finally, we got into like October, and they were like, uh, "I'm like, dude." I said, I'm not an expert salesperson, but I've been in enough sales deals. I know you guys can't close this for some reason, and I know that you won't tell me why. So destroy all the materials. And come back and talk to me when we can make this happen. So you went from this huge rush, like, oh, my God, I'm getting acquired. I'm going to do my big cash out after 22, 27. It would have been 22 years there. 22 years. 23 years, yeah. So excited about it and a huge letdown, right? Mm. So the emotional roller coaster for me when I talk to you is 
that's pretty devastation. On top of that, because we were in the middle of all this due diligence and the planning of all this acquisition during that year, midway through the year, the gal that used to be our boss for our reseller part of the business where we're reselling their software, who had fired us once before, so she had she 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 wasn't really pleased with us to start with. When the new company acquired, that was back when they almost went out of business. Right. The new company came in and we made a pitch to the new company and said, hey, look at all of our experience. We want to sell again. He's like, hell yeah, you're selling. And so they hired me back. The VP hired us back against her wishes, but she was still my boss. Oh, great. That sounds like fun. She she allegedly <laughs> didn't know that this acquisition was going on. And then she came and called us one day and she put us on double secret probation. Like, if you don't sell a half a million dollars worth of our stuff over the next 120 days, you guys are fired. We were like... Okay. And we were kind of like giggling a little bit. It was like, we're going to be acquired in 30 days. Who cares? <laughs> oh, my God. So the acquisition goes off. And then uh, uh, and now, in the, in the meantime, the, the the email they sent us is like, you got to do a half a million dollars in, in business net to us in 120 days. Right. They didn't say what product lines. And in the middle of that, our sales rep had gotten into one of their other product lines and, and uh, got a deal done that was worth like 400000 and we had sold 170,000 other stuff. So together it was 570. Right, over. So we didn't care. Uh, we didn't really care because we were getting acquired. When we found out we weren't getting acquired, it didn't matter because we still hit the number. Right. So she calls us with her boss and says, hey, I'm just here to inform you that you didn't hit your number. Uh, so you're terminated effective immediately. I go, well, wait a second. Your, your email I'm reading right here says we have to do a half a million dollars in product. She goes, that's right. And I go, well, we did. We did the $400,000 deal over here and the 170. She goes, we, you know, we only meant about the 170 side, not that 400. That doesn't count. Like, well, it doesn't say that in your email. I'm not going to argue with you. You know, that's what we meant. So you're still fired. So we got fired. So we went over the edge from being acquired, from being acquired and to not being acquired. And now our business has been shut down with them, which is pretty much most of our business. Oof. Oh, man. And so, on the horizon, was and, this? And, then, and, then, and then the economy just fell out from under us, right? So we went, uh, we were allowed to continue working on the clients that we had. Uh, we were in the process of implementing, but we couldn't sell oh, any how new nice deals. of you. Yeah. Well, we had to keep our services people busy and keep. No, no. But how nice of the company. Right. Oh, we'll right. let you still do that. So uh, anyway, so uh, here we are in January. And the first thing we have to do is figure out, well, we got to cut staff. We don't have Again. a way to sell new stuff. So, so, so we're up to, we're at, we're at to 65. So you're at six years later? Yeah, from that, from that, yeah, from that time that you got kind of whacked, yeah, and right. now you're back on. Now you're now we're at sixty five. We're at the top of our game. Now you're getting whacked again. Now we have to whack. So I we Ugh. go from sixty five people to fifty two people. Okay, so twenty percent again. So we're like, okay, that that'll help us get there. Well, all you know, this the economy thing was way worse than everybody thought it was going to be, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, Oof. and this company won't let us back in. So 65 to 52. To 52. So now, but we're still a partner. They're still selling our partner products. But for a year there, they weren't selling anything. Nobody was buying anything. Right. Uh, and now we can't sell their product and we can't service, you know, it's hard to find service these things because we're not selling them. Anyway, so we go we go to 52 people, 65 to 52. And that was, that was a, that's a serious bummer. I hate firing people. It's like, it's way hard. It's, you it hear people talk about It sounds easy when people talk about it. It's like, yeah, I had to fire 32 people. But each one. There's a Mary in there that has three kids. There's a Dave in there that's mother is sick. There, I mean, it, it's 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 excruciating. And uh, you, you think about you, you just hate. I mean, I'm sure it's bad for us. It's worse for everybody who's getting fired. But then you're thinking about it, worried about it, and you're but you're multiplying it by thirteen that you're getting rid of. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, you know, it is my fault because they're being terminated. But we, but we just got 
we got screwed by this company because they're taking us out of the channel. But like your lesson that you learned early on, Tony, it's your damn responsibility. It is. So Which we, sucks. I, I get it. I'm not, oh, I'm not trying sucks. to put it's the horrible. screws. And you know, at first, if you if you look at an organization with 65 people, there's there's going to be a ton of great people. And, and there's probably a few that, you know, you could probably justify, you know, you're still right. developing. They're not fully contributing. So, okay. So that doesn't. It's not as hurtful to the organization for those three people to right. go because they they weren't really fully, but 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 the rest of them, you know, it's a serious bummer. And some of them have been with the company for multiple years, years or longer. So that we did that, and the economy keeps in free fall. And here we are, like three or four months later, we're still losing money. So you went from sixty five to fifty two, and didn't you have to cut more? Then yeah, it was about three or four months later, still losing money every month. Uh, we cut, and we go to we went from fifty two to forty. Whoa, 62 all the way down to 40. Yeah, si- yeah 65, 52, <sighs> 40. Oof. Now, this one hurts because those are longer-term people. They've got tons of experience with our company. They've been there forever, but we don't have any money for them. We're losing money every month, so we got to cut them again, and then that was just horrible. And, and as soon as you – the first time you cut, you do it all in a big group. We're doing this because we think we're getting it right-sized. Everybody believes they're okay. They hang on. Oh, yeah. So this is time. okay now. This is okay now. The, the the earth is settled. Yes. And it's like, we can build on this. This is cool. Second time it happens, they're all like, what? When's the, when's the next when's, one coming? Yeah, the waves. Oh, and we did there. open book management. So we were sharing financials with everybody. As a matter of fact, before, before right when the acquisition was about to happen, we were sitting on a million six in cash in the checking account. <laughs> oh, gee. This is the part that crushes me when I hear that. You are just like... Awesome! Your We're acquisition. Killing. We're making money now. We're, you got, got fired. Cash. No acquisition. The money is going mm. away so quickly. Yeah. So yeah. So we start going over the hill. We're like losing a hundred thousand dollars a month. So we cut those first, you know, sixty-five to fifty-two people, right? Mm-hmm. And then we and then we, and then the, the losses accelerate. We're losing a hundred thousand a month again. So then we had to cut down to forty people. We're trying to get to the point where we're just breaking even, and we got cash. Well, we had cash, and it's going away, going away. Uh, long story short, we end up having to go another round later on to down to thirty people to more get more than half, sixty-two to thirty. And then, and now we're at, and now, uh, if you go fast forward eighteen months later, we have zero dollars in cash in the checking account. We went Oof. from a million six. We burned it all trying to save the people and the company. It's gone, and your entire business is halved. More uh, than the half. entire business is cut in half. Uh, now at that point we're kind of at a break even point, but but emotionally, oh, we're aren't drained. you? There's people are just drained. eighteen months. It, it's like this whole COVID thing. The last year, it's taken a number, but and everybody's waiting months. for the next round. I know we're at thirty, but uh, so and and uh, by this time now the economy started to turn around a little bit. Now we're down. You know we're really super skinny, and we start. So anyway, we we need to we need to borrow. We've still got accounts receivable, right? It's just a much smaller number than what it was. And people we're doing may not less be business. paying you either. What's that? People may not be paying you. Yeah, either. we had to work through some of those write-offs during I know that, that process. Oh, uh, but then we got to the point where we're out of cash and we got to use a line of credit, and then the bank's like, uh, "Nope, <laughs> how they are go, you doing?" They said, "We're not nope. doing well." Because no. we called them, we're like, "Hey, we want we're, we're going to need about fifty to hundred thousand to make payroll." Uh, we've got accounts receivable to bounce borrow against. They're like, "No, after the last eighteen months, the amount of money you lost, no, we don't want to loan you any money." So we had to Oof. we had to switch banks. Oh, jeez! And we unfortunately we we were able to find our way through that. And then and then uh, they got a new CEO into this company, and they started focusing resources back towards the main product we had built on bolt-ons for. And then things started really picking up gradually at first, and then start picking up. And then I was like, "You are not hiring anybody." 
like <laughs> we're staying at 30 because I'm not sure. Because it's uh, too painful. Not too sure. Painful. You don't want to do it again. You're we had tr- just lost. You're uh, trying to keep your culture together and you're yeah. trying to keep the emotional, you know, of everybody there still going. And we'd burn a million and a half in 18 months. We're like. One six. One six. So uh, we started, things start coming back. We start making money. The royalty reports start popping back up again. Uh, and it keeps accelerating. And with the focus on the product, that product line starts picking up and things are good. But I won't let them hire. I still won't let them hire. <laughs> super lean, but you're super doing okay lean, now. Super mean. Uh, and I feel bad because there was a gal that ran our support department and she was making a case. Like we we're picking up a lot of new customers. Right. We need more support people to handle the calls that come in and do the tweaks and bug fixes and whatnot. And I kept sending her back. She'd make a big, great case for it. What I normally would have said, yeah, hire two people right now. And she'd go, I want to hire two people. Here's why. I'm like, you know, go check this date out. And I'd send her back. And in the meantime, in the meantime, so this is beginning of, this is through 2010. Now, beginning of 2011, I get a phone call from this company again. They're like, hey, you know, we got a new CEO. And uh, this time we think we can get through a deal. Would, would you talk to us about acquisition? So is this, wait a minute, is this 10 years later? This is from 2007, oh, end seven. of 2007 to the beginning of 2011. So, okay, four. Uh, right. so, yeah, so uh, eight, end of eight, end of nine, end of ten, yeah, three and a half years later maybe. Okay. And so now they're like, hey, would you, would you guys talk to us about this acquisition thing? Yeah, we know we can get it done this time because, you know, they left us standing at the altar and went and answered my phone calls last time. Uh, and so now you've got some bad blood a little bit. You're just like, you jerked me around. You spent a lot of time, emotional roller coaster, had to beat it through the last 18 months barely surviving, and now they want to talk to you. And things are going well, so that's good with us. I, I and mean, we don't need to talk to them. And the other Best thing that was cool is going through all that due exactly. diligence, or as people like to call it, due dilly. Dude. Or DD. <laughs> the DD. Double D, baby. We go through all the due diligence, and we see how they negotiated that thousand cuts to get us down that 10%. Yep. Okay, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, so we're going to keep going from this point forward. Tony, what were you saying, bud? Ben had to go potty. <laughs> no, but I did get a drink on the side. So uh, you were getting really ready to the good stuff, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's see. So uh, the beauty about what had happened when they left me standing at the altar was I had to go through all those uh, death by a thousand cuts pieces where they were reducing the amount that they wanted to pay us. The first time. Yeah, The yeah. first time. So I took note of everything they did and uh, some of the, the arguments they used as far as how they valued the company and the multiples they used and what kind of categories of expenses. And so uh, during that period when we were cutting everybody back, we actually restructured our entire accounting system to be based on uh, financial acquisition and what we learned back at that point. So. Which is dangerous for you. Which was awesome for anybody's us. coming in because now you know the speech, you know where they're going to hit you, you know how to fight back too, right? Oh yeah. Well, and and you know it wasn't it wasn't wasn't about fighting and being emotional. Although that's a hard thing. It's your baby you're talking about, right? Sure. And uh, but it was like I know they're going to say this, and when they say this, this is how we have to respond. Uh, so they started asking about you know, EBITDA. Yep, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Look at that guy. It's, <laughs> like, he's he's a, it's like he's a CFA or something. <laughs> C- CPA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Certified. Pain in the Batusi. C- Got it. Okay. So so we, uh, so we they called us back in early 2011 and said, hey, you guys, cool. We got different uh, leadership. We're really interested. And by that time, we had developed a brand new product, which was really hot. It was like- And they're paying you a lot of money now because, right, a lot of royalties? Is that right? Yeah, the royalties are coming up. And this product we developed was a very small price tag. But what happened is they had like an 80% attach rate, meaning 
out of every deal that they sold new deal, 80% of the time they would use this, that one product would be attached there. Not only the other products they were selling of ours, but this thing was attached to 80% of all their new deals. Yeah, baby. Product management was like, we want that product. We'll take that. Yeah. And it was a little amount, but it just kind of built up really quickly. It was crazy. So So so, weren't you telling me though, they wrote you the checks like um, every month it was like four grand and then six grand, then 10 grand. It got over a particular level, which got to the C-suite, which was the CEO, CFO, When they had to write us a check, if it was so big, it had to be approved at higher and higher levels. Well, and there's a, they're sitting there like, why the hell am I paying this guy exactly. this much money every month? <laughs> they, that's exactly what they knew saying. why they were paying us because of quality. <laughs> well, uh, not the C suite. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're sitting there looking at an enormous check and being like, why am I writing this? Right Can't now? we just own this? Who who is this cat? You know, who is this Tony Petra cooking Pepperoni. Pepperoni. Yeah. So so they approached us early 2011. Things are going well by this time. I won't let anybody hire anybody because I know this acquisition is coming and anybody we hire is going to affect the, the price. Because right now, if you keep the expenses low and you keep the sales up, then that looks super good for an acquisition. The EBITDA is bigger. <laughs> yeah, you want, to, you want to multiple on your revenues and everything? Yes. So all that stuff we talk about is very important. Way to go, And, and we weren't quite at the cloud software arena where we could do just pure multiple of revenue that they were buying. Uh, which is kind of really popular now because Kobe is, you know, the cool kids are all doing it that way. <laughs> yeah. So if they're doing everything in the cloud, then people really love it. They're willing to pay a bigger price and paying that price is a multiple of whatever your revenue is. So Correct. if you got a million dollars, they don't care about all the expenses below. They just take a million, multiply it by seven. They go, we'll give you $7 million for this. So you weren't there, but no. you had a really good setup and it changed and, a lot. And yeah. So our typical thing was if they bought... $10,000 worth of software, they would pay us 20% or $10,000. They'd pay us $2,000 a year for the maintenance and support. So we keep putting new functionality in there and answer the phone, tell them, you know, right. talk them through it. So we were still getting recurring revenue. It just wasn't recurring at the top line of the software. It was kind of the maintenance side. But anyway, uh, they, they approached us early 2011. We got this other product that's taken off. Uh, the, the company is really doing well themselves with the refocus that they had done with the new leadership team. And uh, so we get this, we get this, uh, uh, I think it was May. Terry, <laughs> Terry comes in my office. He goes, ah, there might be something wrong with this royalty report. Uh, why is that? It just looks too big. Like, oh, that's the kind of problem I'd like to investigate. Uh, let's look and Terry, at Terry's going, oh, my arm's going to get tired if I have to ring this bell so many times. <laughs> We had, uh, it was our only time it happened, I think, in the whole history, but the one month's royalty report was over half a million dollars. 50 times. Bing, 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 ding, bing, So bing, she's bing, back there. Bing, she goes, ding, ding, ding. ding. And then everybody <laughs> in the building gets up and starts walking over to where the bell is, when? the hallway, when, when? she's ringing. No, no, no. It. But like the 10th time or the 15th time? I think it was probably in the 20s. When it started getting in the 20s, they thought somebody was screwing around. Like, somebody's kid's in here beating on the bell. <laughs> and this isn't real. That Jacoby Petrashani kid. Yeah. He was always loving to ding, 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 ding the bell a little too long. <laughs> and they all come around. And then when she stops the last one, they're all like... They don't want to applaud yet because they're like, is this real? What are you guys screwing around? And I was like, uh, yeah, awesome? this is this is real. And everybody's like, ah, because we did a <laughs> we did a profit sharing program. So oh, that's right. Once that's we right. went over a certain amount of profit for every uh, for every fifty thousand dollars of profit we had, we would take a percentage of that and through and give that to the employees. Oh, we had, we had to fill the bucket. And when the bucket was full, yeah, after you covered the fixed expenses, what's that? <laughs> yeah. It overfloweth. The, bucker, it overfloweth. the bucket yes. overfloweth. <laughs> and I think, I can't remember, I think we were doing like 8% or something. So, you know, like it was, 
when you start filling up multiple buckets in a month or in a quarter, it started being significant amount of money. So uh, that was good. And after you know, after having lost a mil- over a million and a half in a you know year and a half two year period, it was good to start filling buckets up again. So now you're to a point where you just got your butt kicked. You just emotionally got drained. You've got rid of all of your money. You're licking your wounds because you've just been brutalized. Things are starting to turn. Your new product is 80% attached. The royalty comes in big. These guys now want to buy you. And you're like, "Eh, I don't really even know if I want you to buy me. Whatever, dude. And so you're in a great position after just being just brutally hit with rock after rock, knife, bat. That's when you're ready for negotiation, right? (laughs) Exactly. Well, (laughs) I don't really need to get acquired. Uh, Well, so yeah, so I started with the, you know what? I'm going to put together... Based on how I know you guys like to acquire stuff and how you're going to look at me, and I know how you're going to look at me, uh, we're going to take these and we're going to make four components out of it. And I'm going to tell you what we want to be paid for each of those. And then here's – and we wrote it up and sent it back to him. And it was a pretty big number. It was like – Like comparison-wise, what it was. To compare what, what, the, what we agreed to the first time around. This thing was like three times as much as we agreed to. <laughs> and, we're, and we're half the number of people. <laughs> Woo! Three times and half the number. Wow, that does blow your mind. Now, that's what we started with, and they came back like, ah, we can't do that. And they came, and we negotiated. We ended up coming out, uh, it was a little, it was between two and three times what they offered us, but we came off the top number. Uh, But it was pretty good conversation. And then it dragged on a little bit, but not much, as we were trying to get through the the, the agreement again, because we were really, we actually wanted to get a, uh, if they backed out, we wanted a deal termination bonus or payment to come to us. Like, you guys back out of this deal, we're getting money anyway. And like, you really you kind of screwed us before because you probably and, made decisions based on the fact you were going to get acquired, right? Right. So now uh, they wouldn't agree to that. And we eventually agreed not to go for that. Let's just get it done was what we said. Both sides, like, let's just get it done. So here we are. We're, we're, we're scooching down the end. And we knew that they were basing everything off of the trailing 12 months EBITDA Right for the for the particular business unit they really wanted, and then the other stuff was kind of we're negotiating. Well, and that's still going up, right? Well, that's the thing is he calls he calls me one day and he says, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for this call because he did it before, and that's his <laughs> job. That is their job. They they're supposed to get the best deal they can. That's how they get, you know, that's how they get promoted and graded, right? So the so you knew it was coming. You're ready now. You weren't the old time naive ignorant individual that just said yes okay sir now you've read that i mean you showed it to me how many pages was that thing again gosh i don't know it was like a thousand pages 800 pages or something you spent an entire weekend i think you yeah. told me oh i just read that yeah night, just one week morning tonight i <laughs> know yeah. I, I think it was like an extra day though too on but. the final it took me two days to go through the the, the contract to double triple check everything i did it three times but on the very last one i Went through personally, read the whole thing. So you're you're like you're like locked and loaded now. You're but like, I also I know it's coming. Well, I spreadsheeted things, the numbers. Those things are so dry too. It's just uh, all legally and like, therefore uh, Red subsection A of what will not be. Yeah, it's like uh, brutal. I remember but, ours. It was nowhere near as long as yours, and I fell asleep trying to read that. I, I Red, Bull. Red, Red Bull. Bull. <laughs> Red Bull and contract. I did a lot of Red Bull back then, and that helped <laughs> me get through it. But. So I, I kept spreadsheeting the numbers every month as we went. I kept I kept tallying them up, and I, I just I didn't call and say anything, but I waited. And and uh, he called one day. And he says, "Hey, we've been looking at some of the numbers, and uh, <laughs> we're going to have to drop the offer." Um, and I can't remember what it was like a million dollars. It was some big number. Oof. And I'm like, "Well, I am so glad you brought this up." <laughs> <laughs> And I go, because I've been tracking the numbers, and based on the trailing 12 months, 
you guys actually have to pay us a half a million more, not a million less. <laughs> and he goes, you know, why don't we just get this deal closed the next week or two and not worry about the number? <laughs> don't don't worry about what I just said. No, it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll That's keep it so with... <laughs> awesome. I'm so happy for you. That's great. Uh, the, so... fu- the funny part was uh, my partner, Marty, you know, he's very compartmentalized about work and home. And so, you know, the first time we were getting acquired, his wife never knew that acquisition was going on so when it failed it wasn't it wasn't like a big deal because she wouldn't know and i you know i had told my wife and and i was super disappointed and super stressed out when everything shit hit the fan you know so here we are we had actually we, we used to do this trip now now that we got money we were doing this trip as every year uh any of the sales reps that hit their numbers we'd go on a trip and sometimes you know we go to cancun or Florida or somewhere, and we'd go right. take everybody to hit their numbers. The owners would go down there, and then we start doing this thing where anybody who had been there 15 years or 15th anniversary, they got to go with a guest, you know, spouse or significant other. So here we are. We're coming down the stretch on trying to sign this deal, and we had planned this trip, and mm-hmm. it was in October. It was uh, September, and so we, or October, and so we we went on this trip. We go to Bermuda. Yeah, and we're all there, but one of the one of the people that was there was one of the 15-year trips and wasn't in on the acquisition. They didn't know what was going on. So we couldn't talk about it on the trip. Gotcha. Oof. So we're at dinner, and and I know that Marty hadn't told his wife or whatever. And, I'm, you know, we're at dinner one night, and we're all kind of code talking around so we didn't <laughs> disclose. Talking. And so. <laughs> Pass me the Mai Tai. Oh. <laughs> so so Ke- Kelly, Marty's wife, sitting over across the table, and, uh, and uh, the code word was uh, – uh, she looks at no. She looks at me and she goes, "The eagle has landed." So and it was I, done. I, I, no, the eagle has landed. No, it meant that Marty told her what had happened. Gotcha. <laughs> now this is like this is like a couple days before we signed the final document. Sure, sure. It was all done. All we had to do was sign it and get the money transferred. But of course, there's a lot that could go wrong there, as we know. Yeah. Yes. But uh, so I said, uh, "Ain't done till it's done." So I looked at her. She goes, "The eagle has landed," and she goes, "And the eagle is very happy." <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. And then we got to make the big announcement to everybody the following week when we were back. Uh, they came over and we did the deal and it all got done really quickly uh, from there. But that was like, uh, it was November 1st, 11-1-2011. Wow. 11-1-11. Uh, the deal got done. And uh, uh, and then it was, uh, then it was uh, they split the payments. There was an immediate down payment of a third and then they paid us a third in three months and a third in six months. So we were all holding our breath for the second payment and then the third payment. And without fail, that morning, you know, before lunch on the day that we were supposed to have the money, they'd wire it in the account. It would show up and our our CFO would call you, check the account. (laughs) (laughs) It's in there. So, you know, if we look back on all the stuff that you just talked about, you went from this passion in computers by running into, um, what's it called? The, the the hardware store? Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Thank you. It's been a while. Radio Shack. Enjoying that, working with your dad, starting your own business, maneuvering the high to the low where, oh my God, you're going down to $9 Comcast a month, which is a real deal. And then you actually sell out. So you're feeling pretty darn awesome, right? You're looking back and you would have never imagined you'd be there, right? Right. 65 employees. Your dad didn't want you to go to college. You went to college kind of thing. And now you have a few dollars. You came from nothing, have a few dollars. Just a couple. Yeah, a couple. A, a couple, couple dollars. nickels together. <laughs> and um, and you decided that you used a lot of this knowledge that you used because you got kicked around quite a bit. 
and you're like, hey, I can help other people. And now you're into venture capital, angel funding. Yeah. So uh, one thing to wrap up the single oh, source piece. Right. No, that's good. That, that's a good segue there is uh, a lot of the employee, a lot of the employee, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do it without the employees. So we did have the bonus sharing program, bonus bucket program. So we gave that. But, and then uh, and then we took a, a chunk of the proceeds from the sale and we wrote checks to everybody. Awesome. And, and some of them, uh, you know, some of most of them went on to work at the company that acquired us. Uh, but there were four of us that stayed behind because the company didn't want everything. We had some stuff that we had built for another software company called Sage. And mm-hmm. we built some products yep. for Sage software and they didn't want those. So we kept them. So I kept you know, we got to pick four employees to keep, and then we gave them equity in what was left of single source. Single source 2.0. Single source 2.0. Mm. So, so they and that's still today is still there is still going, and uh, they, they're they're doing other stuff. They went back to work with the company that acquired us. Uh, we're looking at other stuff that we're doing, but it's kind of cool because I got to be more of a a board mem- board member uh, mentor as opposed to day to day working in the company. Yeah. So trying to help them, and that was the thing is like, how do I help people? Based on my knowledge and, and mistakes I've made, like it's still it's still kind of hard to do. Is like, hey, don't touch the hot iron because it'll burn you. Right. Because it's easier to learn that when you touch it yourself and burn yourself. <laughs> but now I'm like talking to people with the. So I, I became a managing partner. Well, there's a little story there. Uh, it's like, what am I going to do now that I've sold sure. the company? Do I just retire, go into some sort of a golfing lifestyle and Which isn't anymore. you. you uh, golfing lifestyle, yes. I love golf. But, <laughs> but it's the other side. You got to have some work. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little ADHD probably. Self-diagnosed. I don't know. Uh, but I'm like, how can I help it's other people? It's a spectrum, Kobe. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. It is a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> so but how can you help? There's a 50-50 chance that I am. That's true. That's how statistics work. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain that, Kobe? The I mean, either, either he's ADHD or he isn't. I don't know. Like, uh, it's 50-50. It <laughs> I love that. So Stocks Kobe, Kobe went to Purdue and he 50%. took statistics. So we just yeah. so we, we trust him. Wait a minute, he didn't graduate though, did he? Well, that's another story. No, oh, we already told story. that story. Hey, we already did. <laughs> we already told that story. Uh, so anyway, I, I was really interested in the art of the deal, and not in the true Trump side of things. I never read that book, the right. art of the deal. But the art, but but being in the deal of how much I learned in the first deal and the failure and then the success of the second version. And I probably, now that I've been through that a couple of times, I probably could have even made a better deal if I'd have. Of course you could have, but we all know you can't look back. So I, I talked to uh, your sister, my wife, who's like a, she is just always improving herself and being educated. You know, she's got the industrial engineer from Purdue and an MBA from Butler and she's a naturopathic doctor and she keeps learning. And I really did. I was kind of in Kobe's shoes. I, I went ahead. I did finish college. But I really didn't want to. Nerd. Nerd. Loser. But I really could have gone. uh, I was already had my business started before college and I didn't need to finish college, but I did. Right. Uh, And it didn't really, you know, the stuff that I was doing my senior year didn't help me with my business really. Right. Uh, So I could could have been on the exact same path that that Kobe was. So I'm not really a big go to school and take tests thing, but I was talking to Lori one day. I'm like, you know. I'm thinking about going back to school and getting an MBA in finance because I love these deals. And I think MBA finance might be the thing to do to help me with deals like this in the future. (laughs) But I ran into an old customer, had been a customer of mine for close to 30 years. And he was a general partner in this firm that did investing in in startup companies. And I met with him and I got introduced to the partners. And uh, it's called Vision Tech Partners. And I'm like, 
Uh, it's like basically they invest in angel rounds, which is just like the beginning. We did a podcast of it. Remember? Yes, that's right. So we know what that is. If you go view that. But so I said, honey, I could write a check and become a managing partner over here and learn it from day one the hard way doing it real, doing it real life. Not theoretical. Or I can go to school. She goes, well, you're going to write a check either way, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, I don't see you going back to school. <laughs> I said, you're right. So I, I became managing partner. That was uh, end of 2014? 14. Was that actually that long ago? Yeah, it was the end of 2014. So Wow. I didn't think it was that long ago either. I thought it was 2015, 2016. That was, yeah, was 2017. Because yeah. that would have been, really? Because that was two years into my college then. I know, and I was still paying for college. Oof. 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 No, so, yeah, so I, I got into that Oof. and I started learning. And uh, now uh, we've we've invested, uh, Vision Tech's invested in over 50 companies. I've invested in some companies outside of Vision Tech. Right. Uh, so I'm in over 50 company investments. And uh, now I'm starting to learn that pattern matching happens slower, right? Because you're, right. you invest in a company and four years later they, they do something good or they go out of business. And you're like, okay, what should I pick up? Over those four years, what should I watch for next time? But uh, yeah, so I got into that, and uh, that is that's fun. I try to tell the you know the founders if I can, and and not all these companies I'm even involved. Sometimes I just write a check. Right. And sometimes I'm on the board. Sometimes I'm an advisor. Uh, but it's like you go to them, you're like, hey, don't touch the hot iron. Sometimes you tell them some stuff, and they got to learn their own mistake anyway right. Right, from their own mistakes. But I can help them when it comes time for a deal or the LOI or things to watch out for or how you structure your financials. Well, that's what you're always talking about, right? It's like you want to find some founders that are coachable, right? Coachable, bingo. Coachable yes. founders because, yeah, like, I mean, obviously he's been there, done that. A lot of people who are much younger, not as experienced, like it's it's very valuable to have that knowledge. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't want to listen to it or don't want to take it to heart. And that leads to some interesting situations. Yeah, I mean, just the other day, I was talking to some, uh, I was talking to some millennial founders, and I started telling them about the stuff that they should watch out for, and they just went, they looked at me, and they go, "Boomer, <laughs> okay, boomer." <laughs> Who was that? I'm kidding. I was gonna say because there was somebody <laughs> that we gotta know. Hey, uh, the thing that I've tried to really hard to learn over the last few years is what is a meme. <laughs> And so Kobe still doesn't tell me, but he tells me. It's hard to explain. He goes, Well, that's the meme. That is the meme. What is that? What what is that? He goes, That's the meme, Boomer. Boomer. (laughs) So, yeah, anyway, so that's been a lot of fun. And uh, some of these younger or less experienced founders, you know, really, uh, I I can tell they appreciate the interaction. And I learn from them still, too, for, for sure. But. Uh, that kind of stuff. I really want to be involved with them if they're if they think they know everything already. Right. My pattern matching now tells me is I'm less likely to write a check, even if it is cool tech or cool company or. Because whatever. it really plays a huge role the people, and the people that think they know it all versus the people that are coachable and willing to do the work is big difference, right? Yeah, that was a huge thing with Y Combinator too. Is they were like, we don't really care too much about your idea. I mean, obviously it they plays do. something, right. but. They they meet you and they just like quiz you and everything and it's all about you know what they think of you as people, not so much the idea. It's like do we think that this is like a team that can make something happen? Because right. there were plenty of companies that pivoted 
out of their original ideas to completely something different. Didn't you tell me like Twitch? That's why it always stuck with me. It was a guy walking around all day with a camera. Oh yeah, Justin.tv. It turned into Twitch.tv, which Just... got acquired by you know Amazon for billions of dollars. But it's who like... wants Justin walking around doing everything that he does all day and then it turned into Twitch? And yeah, like, and it hey. turned into just this insane idea, but they were just like, we really like this guy right. for for whatever he's going to do. We like him and his team. And you liked him too. When you met him, you're like, he's yeah, a pretty he's cool, really dude, cool man. Dude. <laughs> That's awesome. So Tony, you, you've had just a kind of a very, really interesting life. You're down to vision tech. You've got these 50 companies. I think part of our discussion was let's get some of those guys in here and let's talk to some of those guys about their stories and we'll have a little bit of fun uh, in relationship to that. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. I, and just a little side plug is sure. uh, uh, the founder of Vision Tech, Oscar Morales, he's uh, he was in the life sciences side of things. Uh, and uh, he, he's uh, decided, gosh, I guess that's about a year ago, he's going to create a studio. So I'm part of that uh, effort. There's about five of us involved with spinning up a venture studio, which is basically a company that helps people take their ideas and build a company out of them. A lot of times in the angel side, we're investing in companies that already exist and have already started to figure stuff out about their product and product market fit and customers. And this so it's is an for, incubator, right? It's, it's, it's but it kind of like an incubator. Additional but early, earlier stage. Kinda? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it'll actually spin it all the way up through the funding. Oh. So it, it's, nice. uh, they'll help them take an idea. And a lot of times it's, it's a founder that has an idea that doesn't know how to build a company. They know more about the technical side of the idea they're trying to get, and th- and they may become the CEO or or one of the co-founders. But the studio wraps a bunch of people and resources around it, and then spins it out and knows how to do all the the fundraising, uh, the management. They have the expertise to kind of beat up the idea and make sure it's the right one for the market. Yep. So that's Boomerang uh, Studios. So I'm part of Boomerang Studios as well. So we're going to have that whole life cycle from the start of an idea to the incubation of the idea, to the acceleration of the idea, to the spin out of the company, to the funding of the company in the seed round, to the Series A, venture capital, and Series B. And then billions the of dollars. Exit. What's that? And then billions, to of, billions dollars. of dollars. And we're looking for billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, so we're looking for <laughs> This them. is not a solicitation. This is uh, a, yes. we're looking to make millions of dollars. We do not promote Boomerang 2 or Vision Tech. Yeah, what's but that? But they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'd love to bring in some of the other companies we work with. Some of them... Uh, you know, we, we've been through a tough period, and some of these pivots, you, you mentioned pivoting earlier, there are a lot of companies that start off trying to do something that would go out of business if they don't change what they're doing. They figure out, oh, this isn't going to work, and then they pivot to a new idea. There have been some companies that have had some interesting pivots here over the last couple of years, especially with COVID, or some of them that weren't doing very well at all. That turned into huge that successes. That turned into huge, great opportunities because they're in the right place, right time with a pandemic, and then there's others who are getting smoked by the pandemic. Yeah, so I think it would be we great. We could do an interview later on, uh, on some companies that are getting smoked by the pandemic. <laughs> I know that one. I keep waiting for the right moment, but I haven't quite got there yet. But that's absolutely true. And I think what you're doing is just so interesting. I mean, the fact that Kobe has kind of gone through it. You got involved with it after you did your own thing. I just think these are... I don't know. I'm just honored to be like involved with you guys. I think you guys are fantastic and you're doing some great work and I can't wait to see where it uh, ends up. Anything else you want to part with uh, before we kind of say goodbye? Um, you know, a couple, couple thoughts. Kobe's probably got some. 
Uh, buy low, sell high. No, <laughs> the market goes up. And no, no, down. buy high, sell low. You gotta lose. Some <laughs> That's only if you're a horse farmer. <laughs> one of my favorite. One of my favorite sayings is, uh, "The harder you work, the luckier you get." I love that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good one. And, and you know, uh, you know, back in the day when I used to do those eighty and hundred hour weeks when I had the company go, you know, starting up, which was crazy if you think about it. I wasn't getting paid very much, and if you look at the hourly rate, it's ridiculously low. Right. But I did that, and it paid off in the end. Yep. Uh, but now what I want to do is I want to find founders of companies that want to go bust it 80 and 100 hours a week and just have that passion and that belief. And I want to back them because sometimes you don't have the money to do it. That's why I want to be in, uh, I want to be an investor in those kind of people. Not necessarily their company, the people, but that kind of all comes with it. And so that's some exciting stuff. There's so much, there's so much opportunity out there. So really stay tuned because we're going to have some more people come on and give their stories and talk about all these interesting things. And I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm excited that we got the two of you and I think we're going to get Sam Strassbaugh next, which is slightly different, not the incubator accelerator from the start, but somebody that buys companies, does really good things with them, grows them and sometimes sells them, sometimes keeps them. And so he's going to have a good story too. So yeah, I had, I had one more thing I was going to say earlier. Um, but like, yeah, like talking about entrepreneurship and being a founder, right? Like, obviously, it's not for everyone. I mean, it's very difficult. Like, when he was talking earlier, you know, about the, you know, getting close to the edge, like you were saying, right? Like, the highs can be really high. The lows can be really low. And it's just, it's not for everyone, but it's it's definitely, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster. And it leads to some amazing experiences, but... Yeah, like it's just something to keep in mind with that type of stuff is it's like it's it from the outside, right? It just looks like everything's great. Like, you know, you sold your company, you made a bunch of money, like very successful. But like people don't see what's behind the curtain, right? And, and that's a little bit what we're talking about here. Yeah, no, behind abs- the curtain absolutely. A little bit. But it, it is amazing. And I think the cool part, especially now, is the fact that it, it seems like there's a lot more um, paths that are out there to start with an idea to make it actually. Oh, absolutely. And so I think it's a fascinating time to be alive. Yeah. And with all your background, Tony, and your tech, you're starting to see these things and you can be very instrumental in growing a lot of companies and touching a lot of people's lives. So I think it's just super cool. And then the last one is don't touch the hot iron. (laughs) (laughs) We'll end there. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate it with Money with Mac and G. And until next time, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, Goodbye, guys. See you.